0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Hebrews 2. Imagine that you are in the middle of a massive flood, and we're talking a flood of apocalyptic Proportions, a flood that has forced you onto the roof of your house. And you're there on the roof, and, and the waters are starting to rise even to that level. To now you're standing on your roof, but the, your feet are now underwater. That's how high the water has gone. And as you're there, wondering from where will help come? A helicopter comes and the ladder lowers and you see the men up in the helicopter telling you to grab the ladder and to climb up, would it be a pretty foolish idea for you to say, eh, no thanks? That would be incredibly foolish. You are ensuring your own demise if you stay in that rising water, but there is salvation there for you. How foolish would it be to neglect such a great salvation in that moment? Well, that is perhaps the gist of what we see here at the beginning of Hebrews 2. We've already seen in the setting of the book, we don't know who wrote the book, but we know who the subject is. The book is about Jesus. The book is about the superiority of Jesus. And the book is written on that theme to those who have made a profession of faith in Christ, but are being pressured to return to their old ways. And so we see the first of what we will see as several really serious warning passages in the book of Hebrews, telling people, exhorting people to trust in Christ and to not turn back from that and the dangers if they do. So let's pick it up in verse 1 where it says, Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Uh, He's saying, man, if what we've seen in the past, even in the Old Testament or these other messages that we've seen from angels, if they have been proven true, and if those who ignored those messages were punished, Wow, how much more will we, or how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? We have Christ. He has come. He has died. He has risen. He is seated at the right hand of God. If we ignore him, how are we going to escape? And the implied answer is you are not. You will not escape if you neglect Christ goes on to say it was declared at first by the Lord and it was attested to us by those who heard while God also bore witnesses by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So here, this is probably referring to many much of what we see in the book of Acts. That oh, Christ has come, but now we see the spread and the authoritative message of the apostles, which is attested by signs and wonders and various miracles. So this is clear. This is obvious. Oh, we know who Christ was. We've seen that message affirmed and taught and attested with miracles. Why would we reject it? And if we do, how are we going to escape How are we going to escape if we neglect such a great salvation? And so you need to ponder the implications of that for yourself, right? We've talked a lot about the words then, always, now, this year on this podcast. And we want to understand what it meant then. And that's what we've been talking about so far. But the always is very similar. I mean, if you neglect Christ how are you going to escape? You are not. You are not going to escape if you reject Christ. That's the always. So the now is don't reject Christ. And that could apply to some of you listening to this podcast, where you may still have not put your faith in Christ. You may still just be going through the motions. You still may be just checking this out and considering Christianity. But especially if you've been reading through the New Testament with us, now you have seen Christ. You have seen him and his own works and his own words. You have seen the spread of the gospel in the book of Acts, and you have seen the miracles that have attested to it. Have you put your faith in Christ? Are you trusting wholly in Christ? Even there, have you, you might not be tempted to go back to sacrifices, for instance, but you may be tempted to trust yourself and to think, well, I'm good enough and the works that I'm doing are good enough and to really base your hope for eternal life on your own actions. Don't do that. Christ is your hope. Christ is your only hope. So I want to exhort you, if you have not put your trust in Christ, Put your trust in Christ, or if you say you have put your trust in Christ, but there's something that is tempting to lure you away from that trust, don't do it. Don't give in to that temptation. How will you escape if you neglect such a great salvation? Now, why do we need that salvation, and and why can we count on that help? In that salvation. That's what the rest of the chapter is going to help us to see a little bit more. It speaks really of how God has put man uh, in charge of uh, the world, right? He quotes from Psalm 8, uh, talking about how you have made him, man, a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. But we look around and we don't see that working out. Mankind has not. obeyed the commandments even that we see in Genesis of subjecting the world um, like it's supposed to. But we see Christ, he comes and he is crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. So we see Christ and what he has done and we should put our faith in him. And he has tasted death. It also talks about how um, he, the founder of their salvation, was made perfect through suffering. At verse 11, for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. And so we see that Christ, he suffered. He was made perfect through suffering. Christ, he did what was right. He has succeeded where we have failed. And that is important. And the rest of the chapter is going to give us three reasons why that's important. And three things that I hope will encourage you because of what Christ has done. The first thing that we see as a result of all this at the end of the chapter is if your faith is in Christ, you do not need to fear death. It talks about, in verse 14, "...since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery." The fear of death leads to slavery. And if your faith is in Christ, you don't need to be a slave to the fear of death anymore because of what Christ has done. You don't need to be afraid of death. And you may be young and afraid of death. You may be old or battling some sickness and be tempted to be afraid of death. If your faith is in Christ, you don't need to be afraid of death because Christ has destroyed the devil. And so you don't need to be afraid of death. You don't need to be a slave to that anymore because your hope is in Christ and he is seated at the right hand of God. He has made a promise of resurrection and life for all those who have faith in him. The other thing that you don't need to fear is judgment for your sins. You do not need to fear condemnation because it goes on to say that uh, it talks about he, he becomes a merciful and faithful high priest to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Now, the idea of propitiation, again, a word you probably haven't used this week. It has the idea of an atoning sacrifice, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for your sins. Your penalty has been paid by Jesus. And we'll see that in Hebrews. I mean, he is the better priest. He is also the superior sacrifice and he has offered himself once for all. So your sins are forgiven. So you don't need to be carrying the guilt for your past sins anymore You don't need to fear condemnation for those sins because Christ is the atoning sacrifice. And finally, not only because he's the high priest can we find that forgiveness through his propitiation, we also find help. Verse 18, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So not only do you need to not fear condemnation for past sins, you can trust God. Christ's help against future temptation, because he, as your faithful high priest, can help you. So, we need the salvation that Jesus offers. And we see here the practical benefits of that no fear of death, no fear of condemnation, help in temptation. But we will only get those benefits if we don't neglect the rescue that is being offered to us through Christ. So, again, I want to plead with you don't neglect.